This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. Hi, and thanks for joining me for Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast that offers advice and tips from true buyer agents. I'm Victoria Ray Henderson, a broker with the Buyer Brokerage in McLean, Virginia. Our brokerage serves home buyers in Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Virginia. And I have the pleasure of talking uh, today with Alex Margulis, the Vice President of Mortgage Lending with Cross Country Mortgage in Chicago. Alex has 20 years of experience as a mortgage lender, and I would really like to thank you for taking time out of your busy day, Alex, to join us for Listen Up Home Buyers. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you could be here. Um, you know, what I would love for you to kind of cover today are the very basic questions that a lot of home buyers have as they start this process. And that is, how, how do I apply for a loan? What do I need to do to basically qualify for a loan? And what are all these different loans that I hear about? You know, what is a conventional? What is an FHA loan? So kind of a um, if, if you could, you know, kick it off and, and just kind of tell us what you do when you sit down with first time home buyers. Sure. Um, well, the very first call that I get, you know, someone uh, calling in saying, hey, Victoria gave me your name and number and I'd like to speak with you about a potential uh, purchase of a home. In that situation, I uh, the very first thing I ask them is, um, you know, if they have sorted out what their budget is, as far as their personal budget, I'm talking about how much are they willing to pay for their housing expense? Have they even thought about that? And if they haven't, I I give them food for thought so that they can start thinking about it for our follow-up conversation to have a really in-depth consultation in that sense. Uh, But the very first things, again, is for them to really think about are they, what are their comfort levels with the monthly payments? Uh, What's their comfort level as far as their out-of-pocket expense for this type of a transaction? You know, and, just to get a general big picture idea of where they're at in their life at this point Mm -hmm. and kind of guide them from there. Right. The next step from there, and this is a very high level initial discussion that I have, because you can't dive in from, from the first step to the very end of the pre-approval in all one call, uh, because the people who've never done with the, uh, done this type of a process, I don't think they can absorb everything all at once. Right, right. And so we want to break it up where it's digestible, right? So that initial call for me is to really kind of better understand where they're at financially and their mentality of, of this process, their time frame, which is also very important. Yeah, that's huge. Right. And and explain to them what to expect for the pre-approval process. And typically what a lender is going to want to ask are three main things. Number one. What does your credit worthiness look like? You know, we're talking about your credit scores, obviously, your credit history overall. Maybe just give me a high level understanding of what you know about your credit. Uh, if you don't know your credit scores, it's okay. You know, that's going to be part of the pre approval process as well. But I just want to have a good sense of, you know, knowing am I going to go path A or path B or path C, right? Right, right. Um, after having that short conversation about credit, I asked them about their ability to repay the loan. And what that means is this is this is a secondary thing that the lenders really care about in the pre-approval process is the ability to repay the loan, which means how are you going to afford this? 
You know, do you have the steady employment and income to be able to sustain this monthly payment Mm -hmm. as well as your other expenses that you're carrying? And that's the discussion that we're going to have at that moment about what do you do for a living? How how consistent is your income? Are you self-employed? Do you have variable sources of income? And then what do you carry as monthly expenditures? You know, credit cards, car payments, student loans, et cetera, et cetera. And that allows me to build out, again, on a high level, there's not, none of this is verified, but just on a high level, understand, like, is this even realistic for this right. person? What the framework is. Yeah. Correct. Before yeah. we verify anything, just to give them at least some sort of a pathway, if this is something that they should be considering now, right. or let me put you on a path where maybe in six months, 12 months, you'll yeah. be ready, you know? And then- question for you because I I teach a lot of first-time homebuyer classes and the very first question everybody says is how much does it cost to buy a house and and I know that's a loaded question because this is what I do for a living and I work with lenders all the time Um, so how would you answer that question well that leads me to the third thing actually thank you for the lead up there because the third thing that the lenders care about is your money available for this transaction, because it is crucially important not only to have enough cash to close, of course, but also where is it coming from? Because there are certain eligible sources of where the money can come from, such as obviously your own savings, uh, but also is it gifted? Is it borrowed? You know, is it granted? You know, uh, so all these things need to be vetted for the pre-approval process. But back to your main question of how much should I have allocated for this transaction? What are the closing costs? Personally, and everybody might do it differently in my industry, but I, again, I spread out this type of a pre-approval process in two main conversations. The first one is the one that I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. The second one is where we really dive into it and consult the client on the very details and specifics of what the costs are. Mm -hmm. That way they understand everything. They know everything about what the cost could be before they even dive into home searches with Victoria, right? So um, the the second step happens once I have more information from that. And that leads me to the, the second part of the pre-approval process, which is after we have this high-level discussion about their kind of high-level discussion of financials, okay. and I understand like, okay, I need to go this way or that way with them. Then I explain to them, okay, in order for me to really verify that you are truly pre-approved, I need, number one, an application from you. Mm-hmm. And this, everything is done online these days, Victoria. So mm-hmm. electronically, they will fill out an application. Um, then once the application is submitted, it'll automatically verify their credit, which is part of this process, of course. Mm-hmm. And the, the system will also prompt them to provide me with certain documents like income documents or asset documents. Once I have everything in front of me, I can now really de- you know, decipher if they're able to qualify or not, mm-hmm. truly and officially qualify them. After that information is submitted, I will circle back with them and schedule a follow-up call. And this is the call where I'm talking about where I can say to them, yes, you are definitely qualified or no, we need to do X, Y, and Z before you truly are Mm pre-approved. And by the way, this is the type of monthly payments you can expect. These are the types of loan programs that you will be eligible for. And again, back to your point, this is how much it's going to cost you. Right. And here are the type of costs you can, you can, uh, associated with this purchase so that none of this is a surprise mm-hmm. and you can start preparing yourself financially as well as mentally. And I think this is a very important thing for first-time buyers, especially 
who've never done this. And when they see dollar figures, their eyes widen up and they're like, oh my God, this is, this is what it's going to cost. So I want to make sure that they get over that psychological payment shock upfront during the pre-approval process. Now, when they go under contract and they're emotionally invested in the property, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, sense. that's kind of the, the, the process that I take my clients through. When you when you do a pre-approval and you talk about checking their credit, um, I've I've heard different things from different lenders. Is that dinging their credit? Uh, is it a, what they call a soft pull? Is it a hard pull? Could you kind of delve into that and and, and explain that a little bit? A credit check from a lender's perspective for pre-approval is truly what we call a hard check, which is a full inquiry to their credit. Um, to your point of dinging credit, uh, a hard inquiry has an impact to the scores. Mm-hmm. Um, but of all the things that it could impact credit scores, an inquiry has the least amount of weight put on the score uh, on the credit. Uh, it might it take depends. a couple points off. Might mm-hmm. take a couple yeah. points off at most. And this is a very short-term, temporary hit to the credit. This is important for people to understand because they, they're worried that, well, if I pull credit with multiple lenders or whatnot, I mean, I keep dropping my score then. Well, right. first of all, people need to understand that they have a 15-day window of time between the first hard inquiry on their credit during the pre-approval stage. Uh, for the next 15 days from that inquiry, they can pull credit with 10,000 lenders and it's going to stay the same. Okay. 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 There's no hit to their credit for that 15-day period, so they can do quote-unquote chopping around if they what if that's what they want to do without any worry about their credit. Okay. Okay. And now um, the second question that I hear a lot is, uh, I I, of course being in the DC area, we have a lot of veterans, and I use the VA loan quite a bit. Uh, Can you break down just give an overview? um, What is the VA loan, and who can apply for it? Obviously, we we know right off the bat that you've got to either be a veteran or active military. And then the the other two that come up a lot here, what is a conventional loan? What is an FHA loan? Sure. Uh, So VA loans, as you said, it's for veterans. Obviously, it could be active. It could be reserve. Um, the, The benefit of a VA loan for those people who are able to qualify for it uh, is that the government issues mortgages for VA financing with no down payment. Now, you could put down payment, obviously, uh, but it is not required for VA financing uh, for any down payment. Can you explain what down payment is? Because some people don't know what that is and also compare it to closing costs. Certainly. So down payment is just your initial input of money towards the purchase of the price of the home, a $100,000 home, a down payment of 5% is $5,000 that is paying part of the $100,000 worth of the home, right? And you typically, traditionally, lenders require down payment on any purchase, be it small or large, it's up to you, or the lender's requirements of guidelines for that type of loan, but VA does not require down payment. So that's the privilege of VA financing. Mm -hmm. VA also has what is called a funding fee, which is a fee that you pay to the VA as a borrower at the time of closing. Um, And that gets gets actually financed into the loan amount. So you don't have to come out of pocket per se for it at closing, uh, but it is part of the financing for VA. Now to your secondary question of 
conventional financing or FHA financing. Let's define that. Mm-hmm. So conventional financing is what the vast majority of financing in mortgage industry is. Over 80% of mortgages are conventional loans in the industry. And that's what you might hear in the news about Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. These are pseudo-governmental bodies that buy up these mortgages from banks. Mm-hmm. And so in order for the lender to be able to do conventional financing, it has to qualify within the parameters of what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac would deem as acceptable for their purchase of those mortgages from banks. So when under when lenders underwrite those files, they have to underwrite two Fannie and Freddie guidelines. Okay? Right. And vast majority of the banks will align their guidelines to Fannie and Freddie guidelines for that reason, because they want to sell to that secondary market to purchase their loans from them. Um, so that's conventional financing. FHA, Federal Housing Authority, is a governmental uh, mortgage. Uh, And when I say the governmental, we're talking about federal uh, government. And it is that the federal government insures this mortgage, uh, these mortgages. They don't buy these loans. They just insure these loans. Okay. And uh, in case if if the loan defaults, the government will back that uh, that loan up uh, with the bank. Okay. And there are cer- certain uh, nuances, differences in how those loans are structured, but all of these loans are 30-year fixed mortgages. Right. And they have other programs, of course, but um, VA, FHA, conventional, 30-year fixed is the most traditional type of loan, and you have availability of that with all of them. Right. Now, when a, a first-time homebuyer is doing their homework, the next step of this is going to be PMI. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it relates to the different types of loan programs? Sure. VA does not have mortgage insurance. So mortgage insurance, let me just back up for one second and explain that mortgage insurance traditionally is something that one needs to pay on a monthly basis if you put less than 20% down payment. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on a conventional loan, on that typical traditional mortgage that everybody has, if you put less than 20% down, you're going to have mortgage insurance. On a monthly basis, part of your monthly payment, which includes the principal and interest for the loan, the taxes for the property, insurance for the property, but also this mortgage insurance or private mortgage insurance or PMI as we call it in the industry. <clears throat> That's part of the monthly payment. Now that PMI payment with conventional financing will come off of your monthly payment once you reach a certain threshold of your loan. Mm-hmm. Once you pay down the balance to 80% of the original value, mm-hmm. that PMI payment will come off. Okay, Mm -hmm. And the PMI payment depends on your credit scores, your down payment percentage, the loan size, all those things factor into how how much the PMI payment actually is on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. That's conventional. Now, VA does not have mortgage insurance, so we can forget about VA with that Mm -hmm. regard. FHA has two sets of mortgage insurance you have to pay. There's the monthly mortgage insurance, just like with conventional financing. But then there's this other thing called the upfront mortgage insurance premium that gets financed into the loan amount. Mm Kind of like with VA with the funding fee, Mm -hmm. FHA has this upfront mortgage insurance premium that gets added to the loan as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a set amount. uh, It's a percentage actually of the loan. um, And that gets added to the loan. And then you also are paying the monthly mortgage insurance so that you're kind of hit from both ends. Yeah. 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 But that's with FHA. And then this is uh, for the purposes of them recouping any defaults on their portfolio of all of these millions and millions of FHA loans that they give out throughout the country. In case, 
Right. It exactly right. It spreads their risks. In the sense. Yeah. yeah. So I have uh, I have first time home buyers who um, who don't qualify to put twenty percent. And when we say uh, the percentage or down payment, we're talking about a percentage of of the the, the sales price of the property. So right. several of them will use an FHA loan, which allows three percent down. And then they say, um, "What other costs are there?" And I say, "Closing costs." Can you give an overview of, of what someone could expect? And let's say uh, a house is uh, $350,000. They're doing an FHA loan. They're putting 3% down. Give me a little overview of what, what that looks like with closing costs. Sure. Um, FHA. So let me first preface this by saying that every location, geographic location might have different costs associated with it because different states have different costs. Different cities could have different costs within the same state. Mm -hmm. So that has to be stated first because there's no one set of closing costs across the board throughout the country. Um, the typical costs or the typical players involved in the transaction, let's start with that. You've got the lender obviously. Uh, depending on the type of property you're buying, the type of loan you're getting, closing costs could be anywhere from zero to let's call roughly $2,000. Mm -hmm. And I say zero because sometimes depending on the, on the rate you're getting, the lender might be able to offer what is called the lender credit, mm -hmm. which offset the closing costs. So your closing costs could go down or even go up depending on the rate you're getting because you could also what we call buy down rates. In other words, like if today's rate is 3% in the market and you want to get something below 3%, mm -hmm. you have to pay a discount fee to mm -hmm. the lender in order to be able to get a lower rate. And that will increase your closing costs, of course. Mm -hmm. On the opposite side of it, if you are willing to take higher rate than the current market rate, let's instead of say 3% to 3.125, the lender will then give you the lender credit to offset those costs. Okay, so that's lender costs. Also, what you will have are typical uh, traditional costs in a transaction are the title fees or escrow fees from the title company. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get into the, the area of geographic locations, different costs, depending on where you are. It, where I'm at, for example, in Chicago, typical title fees are maybe about $3,000, let's say, on that type of price range of $300,000 price. Okay. Um, if I'm buying in the city of Chicago, again, as an example of very specific geographic location fees, we have a fee called the city uh, transfer stamp tax. Mm -hmm. and that depends on the price of the property. Other locations like in Washington, DC have certain fees as well that are very specific to that locale. Again, those are governmental costs, not lender specific, not even title company specific. These are third party fees that have nothing to do with the lender, right? Right. You'll also have a recording fee with the county in which you are closing on that property or where the property is located. So the government, the, uh, the recording fees the may deed. not be to, yeah. to record the deed and the mortgage, correct, Victoria. And that may not be more than a couple hundred dollars. Right. Uh, but those governmental uh, municipality fees that could really sway the numbers. So we have to really have that discussion in, in detail when we sit down with the pre-approval, right. because depending on where you buy, it could be a several thousand dollars. It could, you know? yeah, right, and, right. And that could sway the deal for them. 
Yeah. And so, so uh, one thing I want to mention here is that the title company or the settlement company brings the whole transaction together. So you've got buyer and seller, you have the lender, and of course the uh, real estate agent, hopefully if a buyer, you're, you're working with an exclusive buyer's agent um, and they, they, all this has come together. And so um, when Alex is talking about that title, that's the work of the settlement person who makes it all happen, brings it together, and they will be um, distributing all the funds to the various places that they need to go to. Yeah, that's exactly right, Victoria. Yeah, um, is is you know we've covered a lot, and and um, I've, I'm, I really appreciate you taking the time to break it down because sure. it's complicated, and yet there are steps to take, and it's really important all along the way to have yes. great communication with your lender. Your lender's got to pick up the phone; they've got to explain these things. Um, if you could just briefly before uh, we wrap it up, mention uh, a little bit of detail about points because this comes up in conversation sometimes and uh, buyers will say, well, what are they talking about when my lender says there are points? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And I touched on that when I was mentioning about right. discount fees. So points uh, as a terminology in our industry means one point represents 1% of the loan amount. Okay. So when you hear words points, that's what they're talking about. And depending on the pricing of the day, one point of discount fees could discount your rate by, you know, let's say back of the envelope estimate of a quarter percent on the rate. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people might ask, you know, what are my rates? What are my costs um, to buy down the rate? Well, we talk about those points at that point. Uh, It really does not make sense for everyone Let's start with that because you have to think about how long are you planning to keep this mortgage? How long are you planning to live in this home? What is your goal with this property? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be your end all be all forever. home or are yeah. you going to keep it forever as a rental even after you move out? Or is this just a stepping stone for you as a first purchase and then you'll need to get the equity out of that home after you sell it to be able to buy the next one, right? So you may not even have this home more than five to seven years, let's say, paying a lot of upfront fees to buy down the rate may not make sense financially speaking. That's a discussion that we have during that pre-approval consultation to better understand what their options are. And of course, once they go under contract and we have to decide on what kind of loan we're going with, what the rate will be, again, we'll reemphasize that discussion and do an analysis if they really want to know what are the options and show them you know, on on a presentation, uh, what their options are, what the costs are, how much they're saving with those options, and to see if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to add uh, before we wrap things up? Uh, you you mentioned this right before that it's crucially important to have open communication and um, stay in very close contact with your lender to make this a a smooth transaction. I think it's crucially important Mm -hmm. uh, to have a very close relationship with your lender throughout this transaction and beyond. Um, We're not financial advisors, um, but we come fairly close to that in our role when it comes to uh, the the purchase of, of your biggest asset you will ma- ever make in your life. And so I think it's crucially important to trust your lender, make sure that they understand your needs um, and talk through all of your options, of course. But to make this a very smooth transaction, it is crucially important to make sure that you're working with someone who has your best interests in mind right. and who's a great communicator, 
who's a great educator of the process and has a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is the, the recipe for success in our industry mm-hmm. is making sure that we have the, the wherewithal of the consultative and advisory approach to this business. We're not just order takers. We're not just app, application takers. We're here to help guide you from start to finish along with our realtor partners mm-hmm. to make this a very successful transaction. So you'll all, always want to work with us again because we all are right. here to be your advisors for the rest of your life, hopefully. Yeah. The, the greatest compliment I think I've ever gotten from, from a client that was the second time she purchased a home was, well, that was easy. We're all done. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I agree. And just the outline that you've given here. I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time sure. to do this. It's extremely helpful. It is Good. the first thing that everyone who is a first-time home buyer is asking, you know, and you've touched on all the questions that are really important to first-time home buyers. So Alex Margulis, thank you so much for joining me. Alex is the vice president of mortgage lending with Cross Country Mortgage in Chicago. Thank you for joining me for Listen Up Home Buyers. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to Listen Up Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents.